Hello and welcome to The Yoga Room, a podcast with me, Abby Hoffman. I'm a yoga teacher based in Norwich in the UK and each episode I'll be talking to someone who's rocked my yoga world in one way or another. So grab a chai latte or a double espresso and join us. Hello and welcome to the second episode of The Yoga Room. I'm your host, Abby Hoffman, and I'm a yoga teacher and educator living in Norwich in the UK. And it's here that I first met my next guest. And before I let her introduce herself, I'll say a bit more about that meeting. So I left London 20 years ago in 2002. And while I didn't quite stick a pin in a map and move there, I kind of did. I didn't know anyone in Norwich and I think some people thought I was a bit nuts to move 100 miles away and start a new life but that's what I did and one of the first things I did when I got here was to look up other yoga teachers particularly if they were teaching Ashtanga Vinyasa yoga which is what I was doing back then so I remember finding a flyer which was hand drawn with some lovely Sanskrit lettering very artful and so I got in touch And I think literally about five minutes after ringing or emailing, this vision with beautiful piercing blue eyes appeared on my doorstep with a yoga mat rolled up under her arm. And we did a practice in my front room. Um, We've remained firm friends ever since, weathering single parenthood, surly teenagers. But as well as friends, I'm proud to say we're also colleagues and sounding boards for our various projects over the years. I wanted to get her on the podcast as I think she's made such an important and significant contribution to the yoga world, which I will let her tell my listeners all about. So without further ado, I'm delighted to welcome, now based in Brooklyn, New York, Hayley Winter, founder and director of Yoga Sports Science. Well, thank you so much. Gosh, I feel quite emotional hearing that. That's really powerful, Abby. Thank you so much. And also such a wonderful opportunity for us. I mean, I know we're connecting a lot, um, which is great on our, on our work and our mutual projects. But I think it's just extraordinary to think about the journey and to go back to those early days. And uh, yes, it's an absolute joy. The day I met you, for sure, we, we bounced into each other's lives and it was, it's, been a, it's been an amazing journey together. Thank you for having me here today. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm really looking forward to talking to you. And I suppose with that in mind, um, there is a bit of a theme, I think, to, to my first season of podcasts. And it is a bit of looking back, a little bit of um, surveying the field and what, what's been, what's happened and what's brought us to where we are. So I think you know, talking to you and talking to Davey last time on the, the first episode, um, I really want to get a sense of, of not only yoga and, and what's happening in the yoga world, but yeah, our own personal journeys. And so let us know, tell us how you entered the world of yoga and how that, um, how that journey started. Yeah, well, thank you. I mean, my, my entry into the yoga world was a reluctant one. Um, you know, I, I didn't sort of uh, think about being a yoga teacher. <clears throat> I didn't have any aspirations to, to, to go down that path at all. I think I, I really did stumble into it and I stumbled into it through injury, actually. Um, and um, so that, that started really for me in my early 20s. And I'd had a, a sort of brief um, I say career, it wasn't really even a career, it was an opportunity to work as a, as a professional dancer for a short period of time. Um, 
I was working actually as a dance magician in Bahrain in the Middle East before the first Gulf War. So that, oh, wow. me, that dates me. I was 19 and um, dancing in four and a half inch heels um, and doing magic acts and disappearing and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Of course, I was going to get injured, you know, so <laughs> um, so I got injured and it was like, wow, Kel Surprise, here we go. And um, so I, but I was one of those people that really just needed to move to think. And um, I think sort of that connection for me with movement, um, you know, when I was born, I was born with a club foot. And I think that played a big part in my movement story, my appreciation of movement as I got older and understood had I been born a year earlier, my life would have been very different. I would have been one of those kids in the kind of iron braces. So mm. I, I was really aware that I needed to move in my body. And anyway, after the injury, the dancing injury, um, somebody said to me, why don't you try a yoga class? And I said, ah, okay. I mean, I think at that time, you know, Richard Hittleman and the Green Goddess, the BBC's Green Goddess, you know, they were, they were sort of like, this is what movement looks like, right? This is what it's all about. And I stumbled yes. that way. Yeah, and, and that's really interesting. And I was talking to someone else at the weekend and almost kind of going into that, oh, you know, social media, it's had this kind of effect on, on yoga and how we view yoga. But actually back then it was the same, you know, people were watching video or they were watching TV and they were looking in books and how to do yoga. So yeah, I think that's a very important point. So then your your yoga. Um, practice turned into teaching tell me about that well it did I mean I it's, it's really interesting and of course you'll find this hugely amusing given that we've had in our in our friendship you know nights where we've sat around each other's kitchen tables with a, with a glass or two you know chewing the cud and talking about the day with our kids the trials and tribulations but my first um, yoga teacher was the wonderful Mickey Marks who um, was a British rule of yoga teacher and she was teaching a class above a wine shop which is why I think you know the, the connection to wine has remained in my life through various guises also with, with my eldest daughter Daisy who's now um, you know a sommelier and making her own wine um so yeah so I I found Mickey Marks who was just the most extraordinary teacher and had practiced with her for some time and then Mickey said to me one day you know why don't you think about becoming a teacher and it really was as I said at the beginning wasn't really a, a calling but I think what I wanted to do was to immerse myself in in the practice it was really like there's something here there's something meaningful here I can feel it in my body I didn't have any desire to share it with anybody I just wanted to immerse myself and that's when my journey with studying as a British rule of yoga a teacher which took three years back in the day you know yeah. it wasn't yeah. 100 hours back then it was oh you know I know it's the same for you too you know your journey with yoga teaching it was a real commitment um mm. to the study and yeah. very broad and very rich and I'm very grateful for it um and really it was through that out of that but I thought, okay, I might just try teaching one or two people. And I was teaching one or two people for quite some time in cold village halls. You know, I mean, I didn't have a desire to. Yeah, not because lots of people. Because we're talking about Norwich right. in the 1980s, 90s. 1990s. Yeah, 1990s. Yeah. 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 And I, I think both of us will agree, much as we love Norwich, that it wasn't a terribly forward-looking place maybe in those days in terms of 
what was happening. Um, I don't know. Fill, fill me in on that. No, I think like, what was the yoga scene? You're absolutely right. I mean, you know, you and I have such a deep love and fondness for Norwich and for Norfolk, and it's and certainly being so far away from it and having <laughs> it feels even more of a deep connect. But I think at that time, you know, there were there were a handful of yoga teachers doing doing their stuff, um, doing great stuff, quietly getting on with it, serving their communities. But in terms of, I think there was always a crazy expression, which really came from London. You know, porridge was like, Norwich was like porridge. You know, it's like nothing yeah. really moved there. Nothing really moved, nothing really happened. But it was an amazing place to really hone your craft, actually, and, and be really connected to communities and to really, listen to your students, understand what they need. And, um, and for that, I'm hugely grateful. But yes, to your point, I think, you know, obviously it's changed now. It's hugely innovative. Um, you know, they're very fortunate to have the likes of you as a yoga teacher in Norwich, you know, thank goodness, you know, we have, to, you know, so I think, um, yeah, but at the time it was, it was certainly not a place which was um, open to lots of new ideas and innovation. Mm. Yeah, and that's, I think, in a sense, what I love about Norwich and Norfolk, that it is its own place and has its very own kind of <laughs> ecosystem, if you like. But more into your journey and so teaching, that's taken you into a very exciting and creative place. And, and I know that I, I mentioned at the beginning, you know, you're the director, the founder of Yoga Sports Science. So how did that how did that evolve out of your teaching in village halls in, in Norwich um, yeah. and, else, and elsewhere, I'm sure? Yeah. No, thank you. I mean, I think that, again, I sort of stumbled into it. So, you know, I was I was teaching in Norwich. I was also working um, at, an art, at an art school, the Norwich Art School, bringing up two kids on my own. And, um, and I was invited one day by a dear colleague friend who was the uh, regional director for the English Institute of Sport, who said to me, you know, I've got this, I've got this injured Commonwealth athlete. None of us really know what to do with him. Can you just go and do some yoga thing? <laughs> you know, we've got, so we've got an hour. Can you just, you know, can you go and do something with him? So I remember walking into this strength and conditioning environment with this, this young man who was pretty terrified. He sat there like dejected and he knew that he was, he was, in, he was injured, he was wounded. Um, and also that he was probably not likely to get picked for the Commonwealth team. And, um, you know, we started to talk and I did some very basic movements. I, did, I didn't do any downward dogs. There was no leaping about. There was no vinyasa. It was like, mm, I don't think I can work with this body in the same way that I worked with my yoga students. I think I have to connect with him on another level. And anyway, it really was a, a pivotal point that changed my life because it was a light bulb moment when I thought, wow, why isn't yoga being used in these environments? with more people like him. Um, and, you know, he was grateful because he had, a, he had a space in which he could experience himself, but it was still in a kind of inverted commas training context. And for me, it was like, boom, I could just feel every single cell of my body go, right, this is my mission. I want to find out what the obstacles are. So this was back in 2000, I think. 
And then anyway, so I started to make inquiries. Long story short, I got approached by a very wonderful um, guy who is the football coach at the Ipswich, Ipswich Town Football Club. This is back in 2001. He was a very progressive uh, football coach. And um, he contacted me and he said, would, you, would, I, would I come in? Would I, would I come down to Ipswich to the training ground every week? And would I work with their players? And, you know, just basically share some of the yoga benefits with them. So they signed me up for, I think it was for about six weeks. I remember my first session, I was absolutely terrified. I was mortified. It was August. It was in, a, in the AstroTurf um, building. So it was about 200 degrees inside this building, you know. And they all walked in with their Ray-Bans on. And I was there, the yoga inverted yoga girl. You know, they all had a perception of what this was going to look like, where this was going to go. But they'd all signed up and they had to do it. So I melted. I was just like so hot. And um, I demonstrated a few things and they looked at it and they said, yes, this looks like it's going to be easy. And then they tried it. And what they realized was structurally, it was very challenging for them. But anyway, that journey had me stay with them for three years uh, because they started to feel the difference in the way that I had as the injured dancer. You know, yoga was starting to make a difference in my body. I was saying, what am I doing that's new? It was yoga, it was the same for them. What are they doing that's having them be available to their manager. And then the English, um, the FA, the Football Association contacted the club and said, how come you guys have got the smallest team in the league with the most players available to the manager at this point in the season? And they said, we're doing yoga. And that's when the FA brought me in. So that was the start of the inception of rubbing two sticks together. One was yoga and one was, well, three sticks. One was yoga, one was sport. The other one was the science, like the hypotheses of could this work in that environment? It was a very long Wow. Way. That was long no, that, that was amazing. And, and I also, in a very small way, dabbled in teaching football as yoga um, myself and my then partner. I'm sure you remember Les. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we ended up teaching some sessions to Norwich, to Norwich City, um, and a couple of them got really into it and came to the studio, um, Darren Huckabee mm -hmm. um, and Craig Fleming, I believe he, he was then the captain, That's from right. someone, someone you work with as well. So yeah, I think around that time they had a very innovative physio at Norwich, and she was the one that went, right get some yoga in there but um but yeah no that was that was it though I didn't I didn't go any further with my working with uh with footballers so but from there I remember talking to you and you had this little seed bubbling away didn't you this little seed that you were trying to germinate into something so tell us about the kind of beginnings of yoga sports science thank you but just I just have to Get, just say apologies if you can hear construction in the background it's like new york and it never stops so it's like this sort of humming that's going on so uh, it's all atmosphere <laughs> so yeah so i think out of that there was this notion it was really a notion i mean i i wasn't a scientist i think i've always been curious you know and i just had a sense like this could there be more to this is there something of value here something of value to the person that's going to receive it something of value in sport and um, I, I was also working as the editor for the British World of Yoga magazine Spectrum as well. I had a short period on that. In, I remember. That. And there were yoga teachers that were saying, 
is, is there a connection to sport? I mean, we know that yoga works, so how can we bridge the gap into sport? So combination of numerous things were going on at that point. And, um, and then I started to basically collate all the research and the information I've been gathering and also um, you know, put together the sort of systemized approach that I'd applied in various sports environments. So I'd worked in football, got a chance to work in cricket, worked with Graham Gooch and, and um, Alistair Cook, and then got to work with Sir Clive Woodward and um, Gareth Bale. And all those journeys of all those athletes from basically as well from the playground to the podium, I gathered up all this information over years of research and development and formulated an outline for a curriculum which was designed to help yoga teachers apply the sort of methods and approaches that I had adopted over the years. Um, and that was really the inception of yoga sports science from an educational perspective to be able to help facilitate yoga teachers who wanted to work in sport with athletes, but also physiotherapists, strength and conditioning coaches. Um, so in 2008, 2009, I delivered the first uh, training in person and then the world flipped. Then we had, you know, the last global crisis with the economic crash of 2008, mm. 2009. And I, all these years of material, all this experience and also a desire from the yoga teaching community to, to want to learn this, where was it gonna go? You know, so I'd, I had done one in-person session and then the next one, which I think was coming into 2009, 2010, I had people who were interested, students signed up, but they, they, they were saying, you know what, can't do it. You know, my husband's lost his job. My wife's lost, lost her job. We have to tighten up. We have to sell our house. You know, the world was falling apart for people. And of course, you know, being, you know, understanding their concerns, I thought, but they still want this training. How can I deliver it to them differently? And that's wow. where, um, you know, my background as a, in filmmaking and as an animator and, um, you know, my studies of, of biomechanics um, and movement, I thought, okay, I've got to pivot fast. And in 2009, I started to put together the online version of, as it is today still, Yoga Sport Science. Wow. It's amazing, actually, thinking about what a decade has done in terms of technology and advances. But tell us what it was like then, because, you know, starting out an online course, not that much um, apart from, I guess, through universities where online platforms were, you know, in use as virtual learning environments. But, yeah, tell us about yeah. starting out in it. Yeah, I mean, I think it was it was really an interesting point I mean just sort of it's a bit of an understatement I think for any of us now that are looking at the pivot that we're facing in the world it was really a decision to and also an acknowledgement that if I was to do this I was going to be working flat out I was straddling the world that I'd known and the world that I was trying to move into and it meant a gargantuan task to make it happen but one that was basically driven by a vision that that you know if if you endeavor to do this and with the intention of serving as many people as you can or the lives that you can touch, those that are prepared. And I have to give a huge shout out to those that on the early days that had the bravery to say yes, to sign up because it was really through those wonderful um, students who aren't, some of them are now on the faculty and have become friends and colleagues, really helped me shape that experience for others. But back in the day, I was working with 
um, something called Moodle, which was an open source platform and having to learn how to do that. I mean, it was a bit like, you know, in Blue Peter terms for those of you, the audience that are listening that, <laughs> you know, it's like sticky back plastic and sticking things together with tape. I mean, it was really like, wow, how can you, how can you try and, um, you know, create this thing when there was no guidebook? And the only guide I had was the voice of my first teacher, Mickey Marks, and also a sense of how can I, as a yoga teacher, find a way to reach through virtually, to touch somebody's life, to help them have really understand vocationally what they can do, provide them with the education, a rich student educational experience in a meaningful way online with real results. And that required levels of understanding about communication, education, human interaction, and visible learning, making learning available to all types of learners. Um, and so, I mean, that was 2009, every single year since then, and here we are 2022, every single cohort that's trained with us since then has fed into that student experience, has expanded on how we can fine tune. We have basically done and built this thing together. Wow, that's impressive. But back in the day, I was the mad, crazy woman. Like, who, no, who can possibly teach yoga online? How can you do this? It's just not done. Then that was really the biggest challenge I faced because I was trying to connect to the large organizations, to the Yoga Alliance, to the British Wheel, to others, to say this could be the future, you know, this could be the future and, and, you know, work with me and let's try and do this together. And it was at that point, it was a closed door and um, for reasons that I understand and respect, but it was a tough journey, basically being an outcast and an outlier <laughs> really on the periphery. Well, and thinking over the last two years, I'm sure there's a part of you, uh, not that you would, <laughs> you would come out and say, but you know, a part of you that says, "I told you so," or that that kind of um, validation. I guess that that must be really exciting for you as well to think, "Wow, you know, this my vision really has uh, paid off and and come to fruition." Because when we think back, and I'm thinking around probably the same sort of time maybe a bit later we had those platforms like yoga glow who i think were the first on demand yeah. yoga classes being filmed and put online and and it did seem like this kind of why would you do that why would you do a yoga class online yeah. um but yeah so tell me a bit more about the the technology that you were using then I and mean, you mentioned moodle which yeah mm -hmm. I've, I've used moodle as well and there's certainly been improvements on the kinds of platforms you can use but in terms of technology and delivering to students did you come across you know issues that you had to resolve I mean bandwidth internet wasn't that great then no we had internet issues we had I mean and and also the other thing about this too I think as well I wasn't proactively marketing this was I, there was no marketing effort here because I felt like I, I just had to figure this out with those that kind of found me and gravitated to me and and they did. And those that those that joined me in each cohort of students were, you know, they were having some had a massive desire, um, but also like felt really anxious about doing the course because of their technical skill set, like they felt technically they weren't proficient. And I said, look, if you can email and if you can Skype, you can do this course. 
And what was interesting was for, you know, for a broad demographic from those that were in their early 20s to those that were in their 70s, um, certainly the older group of students that were training with me, not only did they learn, you know, new skills, they also learned not new yoga skills, <clears throat> excuse me, they also learned technical skills, which helped them move forward in, with confidence. But at the time, you know, to put the content together was, it was really digging deep. You know, I had one little flip camera um, of which I filmed the content on. I have my background as a filmmaker and also a graphic designer. So I overlaid teaching cues and lines of force, uh, trying to make, trying to think about a student that was gonna train with me in the absence of me not being with them in the room, how could I make their learning experience really clear and really direct? And obviously I was in the room with them and I was doing webinars, a lot of webinars. And back in the day, I mean, you know, to, to, the cost of doing webinars, the cost of delivering the course was pretty significant because mm. you had to pay an outlay for one, one of the platforms was like 200 pounds a month, you know? So, and you know, so you're talking about the cost of doing this back then, of course it's all refined now and here we are zooming and doing all this. <laughs> It was very different. So yeah, there yeah. were lots of lots of technical hurdles. But you know, I, I've always said I was a yoga teacher that wore my anorak over my yoga clothing. You know, I, I'm a nerd. So for me, that technical stuff was was also uh, a challenge too, and 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 marginally exciting, <laughs> stressful a lot of the time, but hugely rewarding too. I had one student that was lived on a mountain in Canada. Um, and you know she wanted to connect she felt remote and she she trained with us and she felt connected I think those stories of people who were sort of living in parts of the world um, that were, were part of a growing community was, was deeply yeah. meaningful. and that's what kept me going really that's what kept me going was yeah. those people yeah. changing, changing those lives so Fast forward to, to where we are now and, and Yoga Sports Science is um, the Institute of Yoga Sports Science now based in Brooklyn. Yes. And how long have you been living in America? It I've feels been in America since 2014 and it was really Yoga Sports Science that, that brought me here. Um, you know, and uh, yes, and that's a very different journey, you know, coming to, coming to the US, making a decision. My kids had grown up and they were traveling around the world and doing their doing their things. And my world had been, my, basically my view was I could be anywhere on the planet as long as I had a good internet connection and, uh, and my laptop. Um, and that's how, I, that's how I lived my life. And then it brought me here to America. So it has been yeah. extra, an extraordinary journey to be in New York. And yeah, yeah. And um, so when the pandemic hit two years ago and everything ground to a halt again, um, you know, I was so impressed by your instant reaction, your instant offering um, to help yoga teachers get online and to get established and to teach in a very different space, you know, in the digital space. So what was the response to that? Um, it was extraordinary. And it just felt like, I, I, you know, my, my wonderful colleague and friend, Bonnie Strati, who, you know, was one of the very first yoga sports science yoga sports coaches back in 2000 and gosh 2011 and bonnie and i have worked closely together along with other members of the yoga sports science team and and when lockdown happened in march um, 2020 we just said we have to do something we have to rally fast 
And for us, it wasn't difficult to pivot because that's how the last decade or so had been. It was like learning to be agile, learning to respond, learning to pivot and learning to serve, you know, with real value. So what we did was um, we decided we were going to do a webinar anyway. We were going to we were going to send it out there and whoever landed in their inbox or on their Facebook feed or on their Instagram, we were going to say we're going to run a free webinar on how to teach yoga online. We're going to help you serve your communities. We were hearing stories of yoga teachers who were just so deeply upset that they had members of their communities who were doctors and nurses and you know people who were you know just basically serving communities from all levels. They couldn't help them. And I think the other thing that was coming out of this was, was, well, can they just go onto YouTube and can they just show how to do YouTube live stuff like, you know, likes of Adrienne. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> if one of the things that I really feel deeply passionate about is that we need to be connected as humans and we can use the internet to do this, but the skill set that it takes to actually learn how to take your teaching into this virtual space you know, doing live was not was was still serving, and let's. I don't want to sort of you know diss the value of YouTube and 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 providing sequences in that way. But what we needed during the lockdown was connection, and um, and so we decided we were going to share the best practices of how we've done it over the last ten years. And so then I had a thought, and I just thought, okay, I'm going to reach out to the Yoga Alliance. And I'm going to reach out to the British School of Yoga and I'm going to say, we're doing this. Do you want to come on board? And I have to say, giving credit to both those organizations, within 24 hours, they said yes. And we all pivoted together. We came together. We, we formulated the webinar. We did two webinars in one week and we had over 5,000 yoga teachers in one week that we connected to. And that was that was the start of serving the yoga community in a whole new way, not a whole new way, but to more to, to more students, to more teachers rather, to help them serve their communities and understand with confidence, basically holding their hand, saying, this, if you do this, do this first, then you do that, then try this, and then you do that. And step by step, helping them. And really for a whole year, um, we mentored them, we gave them free mentoring. We said, take this course and we'll turn up every month together and we will figure this out together and tell us what your problems are, how we can help you. And that was really just the most extraordinary feeling to be able to, to reach the teachers and to help the teachers and to listen to what they needed. Yeah, amazing, really amazing. And I mean, I have to confess, I'm not one of those teachers that um, did pivot to online. I, I pretty much taken a break before lockdown and had a, a sabbatical which then turned <laughs> into another year of sabbatical um but I've done little bits and, and I've, I've really found that course that you put out there useful so I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes um that's still available I take it your your yeah your 20 hour course yeah yeah absolutely yeah um and that kind of leads me into what you're doing now as well, because you've you're, you've got a whole kind of program of of offerings for teachers going on. Or is it for students as well as teachers? I don't know. It's for, stu it's for students who are studying yoga and it is mm -hmm. teachers. So it's for it's for those that are students and those that are newbie teachers and also the seasoned yoga teachers who and I think this really 
what, what I'm sort of going to talk about next is has come out of talking to all of the thousands of yoga teachers over the last two years and um, really listening to what it is that they're looking for in their yoga education, their ongoing professional development and what's the thing that's missing. And um, so really out of conversations from 2020, we developed Yoga Momentum last year and we sort of started with Yoga Momentum really as a kind of monthly membership offering um, and we used it as a way to connect with teachers and we learned from teachers through the process um, and but what we're doing now is we're relaunching yoga momentum we, we're relaunching yoga momentum next month and what it is 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 the science of teaching movement it's the science of teaching movement and reaching more students it's helping yoga teachers align their teaching to their marketing messages and I think one of the things, the common denominator for me over the years is the frustration that teachers have is they know that yoga has benefits, but they really have a hard time communicating their benefits to not only in their classes, but really also in their marketing messages. And the other thing as well, which feels like a missing piece in yoga teacher training, well, not, not so much now, but certainly, you know, the last few it is emerging, more science is coming through. But it is the science of movement and I know you as in your work, you know, you know, you're one of the, the best people out there to talk about movement as it relates to, you know, dance science and movement. But for, I think for yoga teaching movement science is really important it's a missing piece. So yoga momentum is about the movement mechanics, helping yoga teachers understand, you know, certainly the biomechanics of movement you know, really how to use the forces externally and internally to, to gain change their teaching, but also so that what are the pain points in movement? And then what are the pain points and frustrations of potential students? How can you, how can you align what a teacher teaches and how they speak and how they reach? So that's essentially yoga momentum, keeping yoga teaching moving, helping teachers grow, expand their knowledge and reach more transformative. Amazing. Where can I sign up? <laughs> well, um, I can send you a, a link. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it's launching next month, so stay stay posted. I think yeah. on our on our Instagram and Facebook feeds, Yoga Sports Science will be will be okay. Well, I'll, yeah. Again, I'll put I'll put all of those links in the notes. Um, but yeah, let's talk a bit about teaching because um, again, I'm I'm sort of shocked and stunned to realize I've been teaching yoga for 21 years um and I I, I sometimes think I, I'm I'm much better of a student than I am of a teacher I love learning um I can't stop it's one of those things I think my family um did get a little bit uh, I don't know whether the word is uh, fed up but when I said I was doing another degree having done already three they were like what are you doing but for me, and I'm sure for you, that that kind of feeding in, that that looking for knowledge, that um, um, you know, always wanting more. Um, how how do you how do you get inspiration? What 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 are your kind of in, inspirate inspirators influences? Influences. Um, I think it's like I think it's like you. I think it's this. I mean, the amount of conversations you and I have merrily and joyfully had over the years about movement. <clears throat> And also, I think frustration with yoga teaching, too. I think the disconnect. Um, I mean, you know, we can we can talk about what that looks mm. like now, as, as you and I mm. are in our 
you know, wiser years, perhaps. Um, but I, about that. I think I think it's <clears throat> excuse me. I think it's to do with a constant fascination about life, a mm. constant uh, wanting to be the eternal student, holding your hands up and saying, God, thank God, I don't know everything. And actually, just as I age, you know, my in my 50s, I'm fascinated by my own movement capabilities now. You know, mm. both you and I, we've talked about our Ashtanga days and our Vinyasa days. You had the best, the best practice I've ever seen. Oh, God, ever, don't ever, say that. Ever, ever seen. Um, and your understanding of the energy and the forces and harnessing those forces, you know, was just so incredible. And I think I'm fascinated, you know, from the head of sort of from my biomechanics um, head, um, is to think about how we can get more of this, so much more in our physical capability, irrespective mm. of our age. So I think it is, it's just that eternal desire to use my own body as the laboratory, create these sure. movements, movements and, and share them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think for me and probably for, for many, many people, you know, there's been light bulb moments and this is really about the kind of widening out of you know, the understanding of the body and how it moves, but but also body types, body shapes, skeletal variation. And, you know, I am just one of those people. I have a body that could do those things. And it, it really had nothing to do with, you know, hours put in on the mat or whatever. And I, and I think that's one of the myths that, you know, thankfully has been exploded a little bit more in yoga that, you know, somehow you've got to, yeah, sit in lotus and do all the prep to get in lotus and one day you will but actually it's not about that so so yeah I, I'm hugely um in favor of of kind of doing away with this idea that you know you you need to work at you need to work at the yoga okay um I think I've I think so too and I I think that um you know in hearing you say that it reminds me that you know yoga is not a one size fits all no um and and it's also not the panacea and i think where where we are now is that yoga fortunately is in the mainstream you know it's it's everywhere mm. and that's a, that's a blessing mm. i think but how we move yoga forwards is is we have to um become more evidence-based and we have to really understand as teachers I think we have a duty to say what I'm saying do I really mean what I'm saying am I really connecting am I really owning the language that I may have inherited from my teacher and that's respectfully through the lineage respectfully respectfully it's not it's not a criticism mm -hmm. but I think that we have to we we are working with bodies we're working with people we're working with their lives mm. And like any healthcare professional, there is a duty to keep, keep learning and to keep understanding. Definitely. Yes, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? We, we come into this, uh, this age, this digital age, and, and you've talked so eloquently about, you know, how that's democratized in a sense or made more available the teachings to a wider uh, group of people, which is brilliant. But there's also this danger, I guess, that the more performative aspect of yoga is what's privileged, you know, this kind of, um, yeah, the, the sort of display of what the human body can do, which, I, you know, I'm not against. I, I love looking at pictures. I love looking at people doing 
doing stuff but I don't know what you think about that whether there's a yeah kind of balance to be struck there is I think I think and I think what that does is two things that as you're saying that speak to me one is if we think back to thousands of years ago when the yogis would go into the marketplace and they literally would do their practice in the marketplace as a way to um, <clears throat> attracting more students they would be demonstrating their most extraordinary uh, asana and vinyasa and what we have now is is instagram doing the same thing <clears throat> but i think that really what's important is to understand that you know actually as to your point you know different bodies different shapes uh, we want yoga to be accessible you know it's like one of the common things I used to hear with athletes was well I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible enough and I would say please bring me your weary bones it's your weary bones that I want I don't want your flexible bits and bobs I want your weary bones because that's where I can make the most we as yoga teachers that understand how to build the body back can can make that difference and for me in the way that we teach yoga sports science and the way that we show on yoga momentum is about it's all about the small stuff you know it's not about the big ta-da's it's actually about the small stuff structurally building the body from closest to the bone out um, and that changes as a teacher when you understand how to deconstruct every single asana every single posture and reconstruct it it's a light bulb moment it's a game changer it's a joy it helps teachers feel empowered and it also helps them look at what's going on and saying, wow, leaping about like that may not be suitable for a 45 year old guy that's sitting on Zoom all day. He's a he's a desk bound marathon Zoomer to take him into downward dog. Could I be doing him more harm than good? And I think if, a, if teachers start looking at that and understanding that question, then the, their own journey um, and education of inquiry can begin. Fascinating. Well, I think we could probably have this conversation for the rest of the day, but I'm aware of time. I'm going to have to wrap up soon. But I wanted to just end on, you know, we we always had this uh, this idea, didn't we, that we'd be having conversations from Norwich yes. to New York, yes. and now we're having it. And do you think you'll you'll come back? Will we see you on these shores again? Yes, I mean, I think you know, my, my my heart is in is in Norwich and and home and family and you know and it's such a soulful place for me. It really is a soulful place, um, and New York is is also home, you know. And I'm I'm as my husband would say, my my Brooklyn husband. It's a champagne problem, you know that that. But I mean, yes, I, any opportunity to come back and to teach and it be you know for you and I to do something together would be amazing um for sure yeah watch this space yeah well I really look forward to it Hayley it's been such a pleasure talking to you oh, and I hope we catch up again soon oh, thank you so much for having me on thanks for listening if you like what you heard feel free to tell your friends and join us again next time in the yoga room